Good morning. I'm Taylor Hemnes here with another edition of Faith in KC. Glad to bring you this latest episode. Haven't been with you in a couple of months. Uh, excited to bring you another episode this morning that has to do with some local coverage we've just brought you recently from the city of Overland Park. We did a story not too long ago about um, the Overland Park City Council approving a proposal to build a boutique hotel in a former church building. That former church building is the Overland Park Presbyterian Church. Very old church, been there for almost a century. And I got to thinking about what they were going to do with this uh, building. So I reached out to Pastor Jason Carl with Presbyterian. He told me about how long they'd been out of the building. And I asked him where they'd gone to because I've been looking for a story or a conversation to have for Faith in KC about churches that have had to find new places to worship for one reason or another. And he told me that they're actually sharing space and have been for a while with Overland Park Lutheran Church in their building. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to talk to both he and Pastor Sue Tarka from the Lutheran Church about what that dynamic has been like of having to share one building for two different church congregations. Now, obviously, they're not um, incredibly different uh, religious backgrounds, religious faith traditions, but still the challenges involved with uh, having one building, having to house two congregations, I thought could be interesting to talk about. So that's the topic for this week's or this month's Faith in KC. As always, uh, thank you for watching. You can leave your comments here on the Facebook page. You can reach out to me at taylor.hymnus at kshb.com, or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at taylorhymnus on all of these, pretty easy to find. So thanks so much for watching and enjoy this episode as always. So welcome to another edition of Faith in KC. As I mentioned there, glad to be joined by two pastors today from here in the Kansas City region, both from Overland Park. And this is a a rare event in itself. Normally, these are just one-on-one conversations, so we're having a different style today, and you'll learn about why during that conversation. Uh, my first question is for Pastor Jason Carl from Overland Park Presbyterian. Uh, Pastor Carl, Carl, tell me about the building that was Overland Park Presbyterian Church. I know you're you're all completely out of it now. Uh, I didn't realize, I drove by it the other day, I didn't realize how close it is to Strang Hall. Like, it sits right there next to Strang Hall, Tell me about that building and the reason to say this building no longer works for our congregation. Yes. So this building, it was built originally in, um, I believe, 1919. Uh, It went through two renovations. Um, And it's quite, uh, unfortunately, it's quite simple. Um, The building was a... um, had lots of black iron pipes running through that carried heat throughout all of the building. And uh, we had a boiler that I understand, according to our uh, what people have told me, we bought used in 1974. Um, and, it, it, and here's the thing. It did a great job of keeping that building warm for a very long time. Um, But one of the things that we learned was that if we increased the pressure um, soon, we experienced sauna-like conditions throughout the church because uh, it began to leak. And we realized that it needed a complete redo of the heating um, throughout the building. And unfortunately, uh, we... Um, we realized, and we realized prior to selling the building that either we needed to be proactive or or we needed to uh, we needed to do a complete redo of the building or um, or, or leave or close. And so um, the the congregation has um, has dwindled in membership uh, and also in the capability because we had some 
extremely faithful members who they babied that that boiler. They just took care of it. Um, and unfortunately, by um, it came to a point where we realized that the congregation was both of the age and also not of the interest to maintain the building the way that it needed to be maintained. Um, we, we realized that things that we were wanting to engage in, our, our energy and effort were being taken toward maintaining the building rather than pursuing ministry and mission um, and did not feel that it was faithful for us to continue to do that when we weren't sure that we're going to be able to continue to um, to take care of the building the way that it needed to. So when when did you leave that building and end up where you are now? So we left. I, I had to look this up because it's been a while. Um, we moved in April of 2017. We 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 celebrated our last Easter Sunday um, in, in April, and then the next Sunday we we came to um, we had our first service at uh here at the overland Ch overland park lutheran churches building um and um have been here since so so a selfish note of, of my own one of the one of the main reasons i was not main reasons but an, an extra reason that i was interested in doing this conversation today is because i'm a member of a church that's going through something similar we are in the process of looking for a new building, uh, and I won't get into the details of why that is, but we're looking for a new spot. And it occurred to me uh, that phrase that I grew up with and that most people that are a member of, of a church body have probably heard, the church is not the building until it's the building. And that's what I was thinking about with, with this conversation with the two of you today. Pastor Carl, like, that I'm sure that's you've heard you've said some variation of that in your time in ministry. We're much more than a building, and then all of a sudden you've got to figure out, okay, now we're definitely not a building. What what is that the logistics of of church like whenever you have to make that decision? So yes, the church is not the building. I have to say, um the church is not the building, but the church also requires space space for people to share their lives together, space to share their faith together. So now that can be in somebody's living room, it can be in a building, but the negotiation of how that looks and what that looks like can be um, can be tricky. And yes, I probably preached more than one sermon on the church is not a building. Um, and the reality was, and I have to give, my congregation has been, you know, we, we had members who literally, this was the church that they had attended for their entire lives. And these were folks who were 80 years old, people who, 80, 90 years old, that this was their building, but they were just enormously, they understood the finances, they understood what was happening. And in the end, we had... We asked the congregation, um, myself as well as our session, which is our, our governing board, we asked them, <laughs> do you want to close? Because that can be a faithful decision. Or do you feel like we are still called to gather together? And, and the congregation said, we, 
we care about each other too much to let our relationships just drift away. And so they they kept that and um, they're, they're enduring faithfulness to God and they're enduring faithfulness to each other is the one of the reasons why I love my congregation so much. I apologize. I don't know the answer to this question, but as far as other options for someone who identifies as a member of the Presbyterian Church, if they had been going to your location, if I all of a sudden, if you had closed or if say, you know what, I don't want to go through all this, I'd rather just go to another physical Presbyterian Church. Are, are there others close by? What's what's the what's the option? Oh, lots of options. Uh, there is Shawnee Presbyterian. There is Village Presbyterian. There is Southminster Presbyterian. There is Heritage. Pre like in Johnson County, there there is not a lack of Presbyterian churches, um, but there are particularly Pres PCUSA churches. Um, but they have been. Um, it, they essentially said we want to continue being together. And so that is what, what we have continued to do. I want to bring in Pastor Sue Tarka here for this next question. Uh, Pastor Tarka, first off, were you with the Lutheran Church whenever the Presbyterian Church congregation moved in? Have you been there long enough to, to be there through this whole process? I missed out on the beginning portion of that. Um, I was actually just in the process of discerning my own call into ministry and starting seminary. So I have been on site here with Pastor Jason as my beloved colleague um, since I started my internship here in August of 2021. Um, and, and so I did my internship and then received a call um, here and um, was ordained last October. So I've learned a lot of the history through Jason and some of my folks here at the congregation, um, but I'm not um, unaccustomed to, to um, experiencing some of these same issues. Um, there's a lot of mainline churches that are going through this, and there are some Lutheran churches in the ELCA here in the Central State Synod that have had to make decisions to let go of their buildings um, for, for a lot of the same reasons that Jason described. So when you had the opportunity to come here, you there was, there was and I, I apologize, you may be able to hear hammering in the background. Uh, we've got our own building issues here at KSHP. Um, so whenever you were, were, whenever you arrived there, it sounds like you weren't necessarily jarred by the information of, hey, by the way, there's another congregation sharing our building. And also, they're not even the same faith tradition that we are. That wasn't something jarring to you? Um, I wouldn't say that it was jarring. It was. It's definitely a new experience for me. But I also have Presbyterianism in my background um, and, and was somewhat familiar with the practices and the faith because my mother was Presbyterian. So, you know, it's... Um, it, it all, it's fine. It's, it's great really. Um, and it's nice to have a different perspective and to have somebody um, on site with me, especially as a newer pastor. I, it's been great to have Jason's um, expertise and experience that we can uh, bounce ideas off of one another. And he's, he's got a great, a lot of great wisdom to share with me too. So it's been good. And we do share, we do do some joint services together as congregations, which, which is fun for both of us and for the congregation, I think. And I, I'd like you both to answer this question just because I'm with you here, Sue. I'll start with you. but And then once she finishes, Jason, you you please feel free to respond as well. I'm, I'm curious. I, I've said on this, this uh, series many, many times, I grew up as a member of the Church of Christ. I attend the Church of Christ right now. Um, so my, my understanding of 
Lutheran tradition and Presbyterian tradition is, is not vast by any means. But I'm assuming that this would be a difficult thing to do if there were vast differences in what your belief systems include. Tell me a little bit about just, Pastor Sue, from the Lutheran standpoint of, of differences that are acknowledged, differences that you may have thought about whenever it was coming in. Obviously, you're familiar with, with the family background, that kind of thing. Tell me about the differences between the two as far as you see them. Well, you know, there there may be different worship practices, and that goes across the board with any congregation and um, within denominations. Every congregation has its own um, little culture, so to speak, and, and um, way of being and dynamics. So, um, you know, we, we refer to various worship differences a lot of times as adiaphora, which doesn't really make a lot of difference, um, but people can uh, get very stuck on their traditions and it might be hard for them to worship difference differently. Um, we are right now planning our Ash Wednesday service and Jason and I had a conversation the other day about um, putting a, a version of the Lord's Prayer out in front of everybody. So we're all saying the same one, but it's a little bit different. It's a little more modern version. Um, but right now, both of our congregations say the, the Lord's Prayer differently. So there's some creeds and maybe some doctrinal differences, but for the most part, they don't make a huge difference. Jason, I don't know what you would add to that, but it's, go ahead. Uh, the only thing that I would add to that is one of the real pleasures of, of being in, in relationship with uh, a church that is a part of the ELCA is that our two denominations are in what's called full communion which means that we are we recognize the validity of each other's ordination. Um, there have been times when uh, I have invited Sue to preach for me when I have been away. There have been times when I have preached for, for the Lutheran Church and led worship and served communion there. Uh, while there are it, while there are ecclesia, there are some church differences in terms of government. Um, the theology, while not exactly aligned is not so great that we cannot celebrate together and that is that is a great joy i told pastor carl that i was going to ask him about this before we started recording um and if you're just listening to this podcast uh format let me describe for you he has a bookshelf into the background i can see his clerical robe hanging on the door i can see a whiteboard and then i can see a whole bunch of cords over his right shoulder it, it looked to me like a microwave, but I it, it sounds like it's not a microwave. I guess you're not <laughs> making pizza pockets in your office here. Tell me what I'm looking at over your shoulder and what it's like to have that in, in, in an office. And was this always an office before you moved in? What was this space before you moved in? So actually, this has always been an office. Well, it has been an office. Sometimes it has been a storage facility. I, my understanding is that when it was first built, it was for a Christian educator position. Um, and so uh, this, uh, I believe that that Christian educator position was uh, was dropped after a time, at least this is what I've been told. And this is the communications hub of the entire church, um, which uh, some people see as a as a distraction, I tend to find it very nice because I have all of the wireless right here. Uh, so I. It's 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 if anybody is uh, a West Wing fan that's listening to this, it almost gives me 
vibes of the steam pipe truck distribution center in the basement of the West Wing that Ainsley Hayes goes to work in. It's not quite that level. I have a window uh, and I can see outside, okay. <laughs> which I have to admit, if there wasn't a window, I might feel differently, but no, this. Oh yeah, uh, right. It is. It, it is an actual office. Um, it is. The reality is, though. I mean, our congregation went from that big, beautiful building in downtown Overland Park, uh, and basically, we have a storage locker, and we have this room as that that holds. So I also have. Uh, all of the minutes from the last, you know, 100 years of our church's history in here, our records and everything. And, and that is part of, you know, one of the things that, one of the things that moving in this way is that it helps you kind of narrow down as to what are the things that are most important. Um, and we winnowed that down. Um, the congregation has has named that they have claimed that and and that's where we are right now it's an interesting way of looking at it because i obviously and this is not to call out any tra faith tradition but church building themselves buildings themselves can be very ornate very full um and in i i don't mind saying and uh, this situation with my congregation we have a massive building that we don't fill up on any Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely, I'm sure, a challenge that the churches of all faith backgrounds are uh, experiencing along the way. I, I want to ask you both, and I'll start just with you, Jason, because I'm, I'm with you here, and then Pastor Sue, if you can echo uh, your thoughts after that. The the changes, if any, you have seen in your congregations. Are what I mean, this has been years of this now. What are, what are and if there, if, if there are no changes, there are no changes, but I'm, I'm interested in from your perspectives of being up in front of them on a regular basis, what you've noticed about how your congregations, whether it's just, if the most dramatic side changes, the number of people coming, especially Jason, in your case is for the Presbyterian church, or if it's a mindset, if it's a mood, what are you noticing in the changes in the people that, that worship as part of your congregation? That's a great question. I'm gonna pause for a second so I can, so I can think about that. I think I think the change that that I have seen in my congregation as we have lived into this experience of of being a congregation that um, we, we have talked about it in various ways. Well, we I have talked about it in various ways from the pulpit as being a congregation that is journeying. Um, I have talked about it as, um, you know, a a congregation that is um, that we are pilgrims and we are on a pilgrimage. The idea that we are um, traveling along and that that our congregation has, in some ways, embraced uh, the idea that we are journeying. Um, I think it's fair to say that some uh, question whether or not uh, this was the wise decision. Uh, some uh, fully embrace and love where we are. Some say this has been good, but let's let's find our own place. Uh, and those are ongoing discussions, um, which I think leads us mm -hmm. into a space where we really have to we have to be intentional about how we are talking 
with each other about where we see God leading us. Um, and I'm not sure that those kinds of conversations were as prevalent before our move. Mm -hmm. Pastor Sue? So, you know, I've I've been journeying, I'll use that term because I, it's a really great term, uh, walking beside this congregation um, for, you know, 16 months now. Um, you know, we have similar issues of maybe dwindling congregation, aging congregation, and this is throughout mainline, um, especially in the ELCA as we, as we um, try to try to renew and reinvent the church um, for more modern times, right? So one of the things that I have seen in my 16 months here with my congregation is um, a, a renewal of trust in the Lord. Um, we, we did receive a pretty big financial gift, which has breathed new life into the church and allowed them to um, get out of one of my, con one of my congregational members talks about the bunker mentality, right, of just merely trying to survive. Mm -hmm. um, and I have preached a lot in the last few years and reminded my congregation that God is always doing a new thing with us. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm doing my very best to help them learn how to ask questions, um, because a lot of times when you have um, people who have been in a place for a really long time, the answer is, well, we've always done it this way, <laughs> right? And so being curious. Um, developing a capacity for a little bit of risk-taking and experimentation to be able to reach the community. Um, you know, one of the things that's been really heartening for me here is that the pandemic has not really caused our numbers to go down. Um, they, this Overland Park Lutheran has maintained a, a very strong core and we receive visitors regularly, and we've uh, we've been adding members, and so it's it's really nice to see. Um, and so we've we've got um, we've got the resources now, and um, the leadership. We just hired a uh, last year during my internship. We hired um, an administrator for the office, which has also relieved a lot of our members from having to do a lot of that administrative work. And so freeing up some energy for them to do ministry as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's nice to see, it's almost like a mini resurrection, right? The we've been hunkered down in the pandemic, which also required churches to change, you know, we're live streaming now. So there's this attitude of, of a little bit more openness and, um, renewal going on, but there's still, still plenty of work to do. Yeah. I, I'm struck by just uh, through this whole conversation getting ready to talk to you guys too. I, I have known many people in my life, uh, as I've moved around who could say, most of these are younger people, but not all who could say they have attended the same church in the same church building their entire life. Um, mm -hmm. and I think that's, in many cases, a blessing. I think it's fair to say that it just if, if it's a comfort level with you, and I love my church, I love my congregation, I've grown up with it, that kind of thing. That's a that's a lucky person, I would say, to be able to say that. Mm -hmm. um, especially in uh, Pastor Carl's situation here, you're describing a congregation that the entire body 
will not be able to say that because you've spent the last few years in a building that is di very different. I'm curious from, from both of you, uh, and Pastor Carl, I'll start with you, just that idea of the, the church building itself, and I want to get back to the building like we mentioned a minute ago, being a permanent or not permanent fixture in somebody's life, how that might impact. I, you know, I, I've bounced around from church to church, but from, you know, four or five years old until all the way when I graduated high school, I went to the same church in, in East Texas, the same building, much the same preacher for most of that, that kind of thing. But when it becomes a, a less permanent fixture in someone's spiritual life, spiritual walk, I would imagine that that can be a, a pretty monumental thing in their in their life potentially, don't you think? I think that I think that it can um, if part of I think that it can and I'm going to I'm going to push back a little bit against uh, against what you're saying there. If what somebody understands their faith to be is that it's associated with a place rather than a people. Um, I. I the thing, so many of our congregants, um, they, they um, particularly, I, I'm going to put this in quotation marks, some of our younger families, they attended this church when they were young families, and then they, they moved out of the neighborhood and moved away, and yet they are still coming back to our, to our church precisely because of the connection that they have with the members. Some of them talked about, you know, they had moved to Kansas City, and this was a place where their kids could have grandparents. Um, they, they, they moved to the, um, they, they came into this space, and this was a church that, um, that gathered and watched over them, uh, that gave them advice, that, that helped them move. Um, now, that being said, I have had um, some of the youth in my youth group. One time, one of them came up to me and was like, you sold a big part of my childhood. <laughs> to, to which I, I looked at them and I said, you're just bitter because we don't have the big old building to play hide and seek and sardines in. <laughs> and they said, yes, that is that is true. Um, sure. But I, I think the thing, the thing that I, I keep coming back to is that the church is the space where we share with one another. We share our lives. Um, and while we need the space, and while that space can be and should be important, it is not this, it should never be the central identity of, of any congregation. Um, because I I would say that if that happens, we start moving into um making something an idol um that that becomes a if that becomes a resistance to us experiencing god um that that becomes really problematic for our faith life pastor sue i completely agree with jason on that point and um i think i think part of it is um it it maps into any one person's faith journey, right? We learn to go from head to heart, from from placing importance on external things to recognizing um, relational 
aspects of church. And it, it can be all over the map within any given congregation as to how how deep or mature or, you know, because everybody has their own journey. Um, you know, any kind of change involves loss. It's it's not so much the fact that we're changing, but there, there there's a grieving process that goes along with giving up various things that you've grown accustomed to. Um, and and so I'm sure Jason attended to this quite well as they made that transition. Um, there's grief processes all around in, in church life these days because, oh, you know, our numbers are dwindling and we don't have enough kids around here anymore. And it's it's very easy to get caught in a spiral of grief and to forget that God may be actually doing something new and different with you um, and, to, and to maintain that level of trust and to see where God is leading. So. Um, like I said earlier, there's a lot of work to do and a lot of feelings to attend to when, when we're doing, going through the, the period of time that we are experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I, I mean, just, just sitting here, listening to you describe that pastor Sue, it's, it, as, a, and again, I, I, I say every, at some point of every episode, this is never meant to convert anyone to a different kind of faith or anything like that. I just right. speak from my own faith background, faith background. So, but we, we, we hear about the body when we talk about a, a group of, of group of believers or a group of faith believers uh, being a unit. And it's, it's hard not to compare the building itself to the body, to your own body, to your own personal thing of, Hey, you may not always be able to be the same exact person in a walk of, of faith. Your building may not always be able to be the exact same building it's always been. There may be some some trials and tribulations, to use Bible terms, along the way uh, for, mm-hmm. for either. And I think that's pretty powerful. Uh, Pastor Jason, what's what's the timeline? What's next for you guys? I, I, I could keep you guys all day here talking, but what's next for your congregation? It's been years now. You've been looking for a building. Can you give me an update? Uh at this point, we are um, we are in a discernment process. <laughs> um, that that is, and we will likely continue to be in a discernment process as we move through. Um, I, I will say the first part of the pandemic was particularly hard on our congregation. We lost a number of very beloved and key members, and so. As we're moving out of that, while we have some new initiatives in terms of um, or trying to rebuild some things that we had prior to the pandemic, um, it has been very challenging um, because we we suffered significant loss of um, of important people dur- during that time. And so we're in this process of- For, dis- for health reasons or because they went to other congregations? I'm sorry to interrupt, but did you know, oh. were lost or- no, it was it it was mostly people dying. Um, we had um, we had somebody who was essentially the aunt to everyone in the congregation uh, pass away. Uh, she was, and again, one of the and actually that happened that really happened about three times um, during during the pandemic. Um, you know, on the other hand, so while we have that, we are we are working strongly towards. Um, Towards engaging in renewal, um, I the thing that I, I continually tell people is that it is a mistake for 
any church to think that people um people who are looking to participate in vibrant faith life look at a building and say i want to go take care of that building um that is that's I don't think that that's what people are looking for. What people are looking for is that space to to really share. And so, you know, we we are developing a, a weeknight program called Breathing Space, uh, designed just to help people um, get breathing space in their lives because so many people feel so um, overwhelmed. And the reality is, is that if people do not claim that for themselves, no one will just give it to them. Um, and so just trying to, to do that. Um, so we continue to, and of course, we continue to have worship every Sunday morning at, um, at 11 o'clock. Um, and, uh, and we continue to engage in, in work with ecumenical partnerships like with um, Overland Park Lutheran Church. We've recently joined the Good Faith Network, which works on justice issues here in Johnson County um, and seeking to provide witness and create connections uh, with our communities. There's there's a group called Caring for Kids that supports uh, that. Again, it's an ecumenical and it's a business partnership that that does um, that works with local elementary schools that we are involved with for both the Overland Park Elementary School and Tomahawk Elementary School. So again, trying to make those connections, trying to um, reach out in compassion and care to our congregation, to our community, uh, is key to um, to being faithful to what God is calling us towards. Last question I have is from Pastor Sue, because I, I want to go back to that comparison of the building to the, the person. Um, mm -hmm. We are, uh, faith and, and people of, of faith and believers are are called to be um, agents of aid, I'll put it that way, of, of seeking ways to help people who need help, whatever that may be. Right. Your congregation and your building has gone through that now for for years. Eventually, when the Presbyterian congregation is able to find whatever their next home is, whether that's next month or next year or five years from now, after you've spent a long period of time, both as a building, as a body, as individual people, really seeing on a regular basis what it means to help someone else out and to provide for someone else out uh, in a big way. Pastor Sue, what do, you, what do you hope you learn from that, that your congregants learn from that, that they can carry past whenever the, the this other congregation moves out of your building? Oh, wow. Um, I'm not sure I can look that far into the future as to what the reaction might be, but I have had conversations with my congregation from a financial perspective about you know, what happens if OPPC, which is our little mnemonic for Overland Park Presbyterian, um, does decide to, to leave? Um, you know, this, this Nat points out another issue with building and space and con congregational size, and that is many congregations are in the position of trying to optimize their space. So we have been more than happy to host Overland Park Lutheran and 
let's be clear, right? There is a financial benefit to that. And, you know, this relationship has been mutually beneficial in numerous ways, which you have heard this morning. Um, but that can be a concern. Um, so we are looking at ways to make sure the, the, the building is available for the community. We host um, blood drives here. We have um, voting here at the church. We um, host a couple um, Girl Scout and Boy Scout troops. And so we're, we're quite, um, quite busy. And, and we don't charge necessarily for all of those things. So we, we want to be a place where the community can rely on for space. Um, but, you know, there will come a day where we have that challenge again if, um, you know, no matter what Overland Park Lutheran decides to do. Um, do you mean Presbyterian? So, I'm, excuse me, Overland Park Presbyterian, yes. Um, and we're, we're just going to continue to do what we think God is calling us to do, right? Where, where is God leading us? How can we be good stewards of all of the resources that we have, whether that's a building um, and all of the relationships that we have as, as part of our relationship with the community? Um, and, and I think one of the biggest challenges um, and changes that's required of us is that we have to look outward. Um, so we're, we're going from a more of an internal um, view of the world and at expecting people to come in, and we need to go out and be visible in the community. And um, that's a that's an adaptive change that people need to make, and it's it's hard because we've been coming to this church forever and ever, and the you know we build it, they will come, um, doesn't really work so much anymore. Um, so, you know, we we are in the wilderness. Um, that's it's a great metaphor. We we think we know where God is leading us, or we we try to discern whether whether and where God is taking us. Um, and we just have to learn to, to trust. Well, I, I, I thank you both for your time today. I, I, I think both of your congregations deserve uh, high praise for, for being able to figure out a situation that many people who go to church on a regular basis don't ever have to figure out. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's, I don't think I'm hearing either of you even say it's been a real challenge getting, you know, it, it's you welcome people in and you're trying to be a giving people, but it's still not an easy thing to say, we're doing what we're having another church that's going to come and use our building. Okay. I guess that's what's going to happen. So I, I think both of your congregations deserve high praise and, and I, uh, I appreciate your time and, and pastor Carl, I definitely uh, hope that you guys are able to find something soon. Uh, Cause I, I know as as mutually beneficial as this situation has been, every congregation wants a home, uh, whether it be short term or long term, that they feel comfortable in. And if that's if that's the building you're in, I hope that's what it is as, as well too. I, I just I I hope and pray for both uh, the best of your congregations moving forward. Thank you both for your time today. Thanks Thank so you. much, Taylor.